0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. More information about LifeHouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kavakian can be found at lifehouse.com.au.
1: We hope you enjoy the following message. This morning I'm going to preach a word called, don't let life pass you by. Yeah, is anyone like that? No? not enough. I can change it, I should change it to something else. Does, it, does anyone like that? Don't let life pass you by. I don't know about you, but Helen and I, we get to do some travel and we're often on an aeroplane and in those cabins, you, you, you get very thirsty because of the air pressure and, and the way in which they have to air condition the the, the actual tube. And, um, you know, you, you'll often see a cabin crew walk past you and she'll have like an empty cup you know, and, and they just sort of, and as you're sitting there, you're dying of thirst. Die, like you'd give anything for a drink and they just go like that. And it's like, how do, you, how do you stop them? Because like I noticed not one drink is given out because they're walking so fast. It's very difficult. It's very easy to, to be passed by when it comes to cabin crew. Come on, don't leave me hanging. And if you're part of cabin crew, slow down. If you've ever been to that glorious place that I enjoy spending a lot of time at called Bunnings. Yeah. If you work at Bunnings, we love you, we adore you. But do they actually teach you guys to walk Past people like that? Like, is that, is that part of the training? Like, you guys are professional passer buyers. I was talking to someone in our church recently, and they said, you know the pictures that they have of the bunning staff, you know, when you first walk in? He, he, he reckons that's actually a missing persons board. <laughs> that, that you, you, can't, you can't find those people. Where are they? Help me. We went to a wedding yesterday, and I noticed some people have worked out the art do you know when the finger food comes around? Now, which, you, you, there's, there's, a, there's only two groups of people in this room. Those who manage to get, the, get to the finger food and those of us that we just starve to death. We just basically, there is an art to getting that waitress, that waiter to, 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 to slow down and to get one of those morsels of food. That, and they always look so good, but it seems to pass me by a lot. But today, I want to talk to you about not letting life pass you by. And and the story that I want to start off with is Mark 6, verse 48. And it's the story of the disciples in the rowboat. And they're trying to go from one destination to another. And the winds and the waves began to crash, and, and the wind was getting stronger and stronger. And Jesus was still on land while the disciples were in the boat. And in verse 48, it says, When he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch, which is about 3 a.m. of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and Jesus would have passed them by. You know, there's people in this room right now, and you can identify with the disciples being in the boat, trying to get from one destination to another and feeling like the wind is against you. Does anyone feel like that? And you feel like you're rowing and you're rowing and, 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 and we would know that life is challenging. Thank God that Jesus told us life was challenging. And sometimes you feel like you're rowing. What does that mean? You feel like you're doing all the right things and, and you're having a go and you're trying to save some money, but you're still in debt. Or you're spending a lot of time with your partner, but you're still fighting. You're trying to discipline your children, but it doesn't seem to be going the way in which you had planned. You've got some health challenges, and even though you're trying to do all the right things and stay fit, right now you would say that you feel like you're rowing against the wind. And life has a habit of not just allowing us to sail through It wants to sometimes raise up some winds, and we find ourselves rowing, so we're active. We're trying to do something, but we're actually not getting anywhere. There are some people in this room right now, you're a single mum, you're a single dad, you're trying to raise your kids, but it's difficult, the the winds are against you. Sometimes you feel like the education system is against you. Sometimes the, the friends that you have who should be for you can often be the winds that you experience. You come up with a great idea, oh, that's a terrible idea, the winds. And it's easy for the winds. Some of you are trying to find staff for your businesses, but you can't seem to find anyone that will stick at it and actually treat their, your business like theirs. And, and, and even though you do all the right things and you give them pay rises and, and incentives, you, you're still rowing against the wind. I feel like that as a pastor. I feel like we do all the right things and, and, and then sometimes still we just, Father, help us. I feel like this, you feel like this and there are people in this room today and I tell you, you've come into this place asking God some questions in your heart saying, what's going on? I, I thank God for these stories that are accounts that actually happened and the great news that I have for you today is while Jesus was on the land, the Bible says, he saw them. And we serve a God today who is not dwelling beyond Pluto. He is actually in the eye always. He's actually in this room right now. And He can see that you're rowing with no effect. And He knows what's going on. He can see. The Bible says He saw that they were struggling against the wind. That's the God that we serve. I thank God that Wendy said, we don't serve a a Saviour that's in a tomb. He's actually resurrected, seated at the right hand of God. He knows our need right now. He can see us. I I love that because it would be very discouraging. He knows your needs. He knows your doubts. He knows your fears. He knows your dreams. He knows your expectations. He knows your hurts. He knows. We we serve a God who knows. I, I, I love this sit back and realise he knows. I wonder if God really knows. He knows. He does know. He knows everything that's going on. He knows. Some people feel like they're being hypocrites because they're living this life as if God doesn't know. He knows. And Jesus saw them. And Jesus comes walking toward them. And the good news is that he saw them. The bad news is he would have actually Pass them by. I don't know whether you've ever seen that before, but that blows my mind. Jesus can see them rowing, not getting to where they want to be, but the, in some other versions it says, and he intended to pass them by. He was actually happy to walk straight past them. And some of you are thinking, really? Why would he do that? Well, Jesus is in the room right now right now by the power of his holy spirit and he's watching you row and i've just got a encouragement and i've got a warning for you or maybe not even a warning i just need to educate you i need to instruct you the bible tells us that the disciples cried out to him and it was when jesus was walking past a boat i just imagine him maybe three or four meters away just looking at them You know, the winds would have been high, so Jesus would have been, you know, and he was, and, and they're like, ah, come guys, keep going, keep going, but we're not getting. Here. And Jesus was just walking past, and the Bible says he would have passed them by, until they saw him and went, Jesus. And the Bible says that when they cried out, I'm going to say that again. When Jesus cried, when they cried out to Jesus. He actually got involved in the situation. That's, that's the only moment he actually got involved. The good news is Jesus sees what you're going through. He sees when you're struggling with your child. He sees that argument that you're having in the, in, in the kitchen and you're getting so discouraged. He sees the rowing. And he will actually stand there in the kitchen with you and let you argue and argue and argue and he'll even be willing to pass by unless you stop and say, Jesus, Please help me in this situation. Then he goes, woo! What can I do for you? That's the God that we serve. And that may shock you. No, no, no. He He should just do it. Because he can see the need. No. No. If God fixed everything that he saw that was wrong, the whole world would be healed and whole. And there wouldn't be a problem in the whole. God knows everything. But he's not helping everything. Why? Because people don't ask him to enter into the boat. So right now you've got some needs going on and you may even be getting slightly angry with God. Why aren't you helping? When are you gonna ask me in? At what point are you gonna say, we're not getting anywhere. God, I actually need your help. And this is what he did. And we've titled this year, Never With, what does that even mean? Let me tell you what it means. God had a dream to get Moses and the children of Israel into the promised land. That was the whole purpose the whole time. And eventually they're getting closer and closer and God says to them in Exodus 3 verse 3, He says, Go up to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. He says, But I'm not going to go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. What? What? What he's saying is, I've got a promised land for you, but you seem to wanna do it your way. You seem to just wanna do it your old way, the way that your mum and dad taught you, the way your teacher taught you, the way you heard it on MTV, the way that you saw it on YouTube. God says, no, 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 if I'm gonna go to the promised land, you're gonna do it my way, but they didn't wanna do it. So God says, you know what? You can go to your promised land, but I'm not coming. I'm not coming with you. And I thank God for Moses, and that's where we get this year's theme. In Exodus 33, 15, then Moses said, Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, then don't make us leave this place. If you're not coming, I'm not going. Come on, repeat that after me. If you're not coming, I'm not going. God would say to all of us today, you're rowing. You're not getting anywhere. At what point are we gonna say, God, I need you to get involved. I need you in this. Some of you are waiting on the contract and it's that far away, it's so close. And because it's so close, you're thinking, oh, it's almost there, it's almost there. And so you just start rubbing a little bit harder and God says, that may as well be an eternity because until it's done, it's not done. And what some of you need to do is stop and set yourself back and say, God, I need you. I need the miracle to take place right now. See, Jesus said this, He said, I am the way, the truth and the what? The life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you. So Jesus really is describing himself as life. And hence the title of my message, Don't Let Life Pass You By. Yeah. Don't let life. <laughs> Some some of you were thinking this was gonna be a message about make the most of every opportunity and make sure you live a big life. Yeah, yeah, that's great. No, no, life is Jesus. And today I wanna say to every one of us, don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let life pass you by. He is life. Come on, you need to get a whole lot more excited than that. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Him pass you by. Refuse to let Him pass you by. He came to give us life. Verse 49, it says, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost. Why? Because they just didn't recognise him. And they cried out. God is in the house today. And at the end of this message, we're gonna be crying out to God saying, God, don't pass me by. Don't pass me. Oh, but I came to church. That should be enough. No, 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 no. It says they cried out. And some of us haven't cried out to God for years and years. Well, God loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he loves you. Cry out. It's so biblical, it happens all the time. Some of us know a story about a guy called Blind Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 10, let's read this story very quickly. It says, then they reached Jericho, that's the disciples. And as Jesus left, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he thought to himself, that's awesome. That's great that Jesus is nearby. I'm just going to soak in his presence because God knows my heart. God knows my need. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing because God knows everything. i do nothing. Is that what your Bible says? Is that what blind by did? No. It says that he, as he was sitting there and, 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 he, and he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Where's that person? Where's that person in this church? Jesus, son of David, I need you. Why son of David? Because he was referring to the, prophes- to the prophesied Messiah. He believed that he wasn't just the carpenter's son. He was saying, you're the Messiah. Jesus, the one that was prophesied, the one that's supposed to bring healing and restoration to Israel and tomorrow, that's that's who this person was calling out to. He says, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. But as you leave this room today and you decide to be a shouter and you decide to get into God's face and say, God, I need you to come through for me. You're gonna find Verse 48 kicks in, and there's going to be people around you. There's going to be the demonic that says, be quiet. Be quiet. What is it? Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Shouldn't they have been encouraging him? Can I ask you a question? Shouldn't they have been encouraging him? Yeah, you go, boy. Come on. Go get him. No, no, no. Be quiet. And there is a demonic presence today that will say to you, be quiet. Who are you to call out to God? No, no, you, your, your life's not perfect. God knows you're not perfect. Where where does it say that blind Bartimaeus, as soon as he got his life right, began to shout to God? No, no, he was blind. He was destitute. He was poor, but he still shouted. And there is a demonic spirit that says, be quiet. That's why in this church we yell. That's why in this church we clap. That's why we shout because we know this principle. Come on, you need to get loud from the front to the back. We're going to shout. Oh, but I'm an introvert. Great, no miracles for you. Since when does being an introvert mean that you get away with doing what the Bible says that we ought to do? Shout to God. Shout unto God, it says. Cry out to God. Yell out to Him. Say, Jesus, I need you. Oh, but I'm a little bit shy. Well, how desperate do you want your miracle? Can you overcome your shyness and your timidity? Come on, we need to, we need to, we need to understand that there is, there, there are people that want us to be quiet, but we need to, we need to break out of that. Be quiet, they said to Him. Be quiet. Have a look at what the next verse says. But, but, but he decided, you know what? You're telling me to be quiet, eh? And the Bible says that he began to shout even louder. Is anyone willing to shout? But Pastor Rich, I've been shouting, shout louder. Yeah, yeah, pray harder. Get, get in God's face and say, God, I need this miracle. You don't understand, I desperately need this to happen. Come on, that's why in a church like ours, we preach these types of messages because we need you to get your miracle. I don't want Jesus to pass you by. We don't care what people say. You can shut us up, you can turn us down, but we're gonna keep calling out on our God, amen? Come on, I don't want Jesus to pass anyone by. You know, how many times have we heard stories about Joshua making the sun stand still over Gibeon? Do you remember this story? Joshua, he prays a a 13-word prayer and God makes the Sun stand still. Do you realize what it would have taken to make the Sun stand still? We know that the universe rotates in motion together. God had to make the whole universe stand still so that Joshua could actually fight his battle. and we all celebrate Joshua because he prayed a ridiculous prayer. but blind Bartimaeus made the Son of God stand still, the one who made the universe. With his one shout, the son of God, the creator of all things, he's walking. And he says, Jesus, and he he stops. You've got the power to make Jesus stand still and to hear your prayer. But you've got to do what blind Bartimaeus did. And if we just sit back and say, you know what? It's, it's, It's gonna be okay because God knows all things. And if it's his will, it's gonna happen anyway. What Bible are you reading? Because that's not what I read. I I don't think blind Bartimaeus would have got his miracle if he didn't shout. How do I know that? Because Jesus walked past a lot of blind people, but we don't read 10,000 stories about blind people being healed, but we hear about blind Bartimaeus, so what did he do? He shouted. He cried out. And I want to stir up in you today, and we're going to worship at the end of this message. We're going to worship God and we're going to cry out like you've never cried out because you you need to get sick and tired of the things that you've been praying about, the things that you've been believing God for, but you're not seeing any breakthrough. You feel like you're rowing and you're rowing and you're not getting anywhere. But today is your day in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Him a huge round of applause. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. God is not attracted to your need. Otherwise, the whole world would be helped right now. There's many needs all over the world. God's attracted to your desperation. Are you hearing that? I've got got a need, so therefore God's going to come through for me. It doesn't say that anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm empty, God. Yeah, God's not attracted to emptiness. He is attracted to hunger. That's what it says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. God's not attracted to your dryness. I'm in such a dry place. Yeah, he's not attracted to that. Otherwise, he would fix every dry need that people have. No, but he is attracted to people who want some water. Do you want some water today? Well, you know what? You've got to make your intentions known because the Bible says Jesus intended to pass them by. How did blind Bartimaeus get his miracle? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 tells us So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says that fine Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming. Today, you're hearing that Jesus is in this house. Listen, the Savior of the universe is walking up and down. He's walking through your, and he's looking at every heart and saying, are you desperate? No, not really. Are you just, de- oh, okay. Oh, you're, oh, whoa. Okay, miracle for you. Don't be the person who misses the miracle. And all he's looking for is for a heart that says, I want this. I need this. I believe that you're going to come but he's only going to come to those who desperately want him. And if you're not sure of that, then explain to me why the whole world isn't already healed. I'm going to say it again. Why isn't the whole world already healed? Why isn't every marriage in a church completely blessed? Because that's his will. That's his will. And that's what he wants for people. Why isn't that the case? Just not quite enough hunger yet. But at some stage, I hope you do get very, very hungry. For some of you, that day is today and you're gonna give him the credit and you're gonna shout out and you're gonna make sure that we're headed in the right direction. What's the second thing that blind Bartimaeus did? He shouted, but the second part is probably just as important, if not more important. And the Bible says that as he heard the Saviour call him, the Bible says that he took his coat and cast it aside. Remember, he was a beggar. Remember, this coat that he had was to keep him warm in the cold. It created comfort under his bottom so that he was, because he was sitting there all day. Why was he willing to throw his coat aside? Because he knew, I won't need that coat anymore. I'm gonna go get my healing. I'm gonna get my eyesight. Once I've got my eyesight, I can get my job. And once I've got my job, I don't need that stinky coat anymore. Hey, listen, for you to get your eyesight sometimes, you've got to throw away the coat. And today the Holy Spirit would say, hey, listen, I know you're going to call out to me right now. But what are you willing to step out and do so that you can get your miracle today? The Bible tells us that faith without actions is dead. And today some of you are going to call out and say, God, by faith, I'm crying out to you. Then God would say, great, throw away your coat. Some of you are desperate for peace. God, I need that peace. And God would say, great, throw away your unforgiveness. Get out of the boat of unforgiveness today. Today's your last day of unforgiveness. You want the peace? Then that's what you're going to have to do. God, I desperately need that job. Great, well then you may need to throw away the coat of expecting that the job will come to you and you've got to start putting some resumes out there. You've got to start working hard. you are got, got to get onto seek.com and actually start looking for the job. It's not going to come to you. And we can be shouting out to God. And God would say, that's great, but what's your actions? God needs the actions. Some of you have never even read that verse. Come on, let's read it out together. James chapter 2, verse 26. It says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You know, there are some single people in this place and you're believing for Mr. Right. And God would say, that's great, so when are you gonna get rid of Mr. Wrong? Oh, Pastor Rich, now you're really messing with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I've met some people recently and they're desperate to be in the right relationship while they are fully in the wrong one. Now, God would say to you, no, no, you need to leave that coat behind. Are we willing to leave the coat behind? Oh, it's gone very quiet here all of a sudden. Man, Pastor Rich, let's just get back to the shouting thing. That sounded easy. Yeah, I, I, I know, but please don't shout if you're not willing to throw the coat away. Please don't do that. Please don't say, God, I'll do anything. And as soon as God says what it is, you go, I'm not doing that. Don't do that. Don't do that to him. Why don't you get to a place where you say, God, if you're going to bring that miracle, I'll do anything to get the miracle. But I'm going to believe for it. You've got to step out to receive the miracle. Can't stay in the boat and walk on water at the same time. Yeah. Jesus, I want to walk on water. Great, get out of the boat. No but I want to walk on water. Right, get out of the boat. No. And that's what some of us do. I'm in the boat. Sorry, I should do it this way. There's the boat. Oh, There's the boat, safe, comfortable. Jesus, I want to walk on water. Come out. No, no, no. get the other leg out. But, but but it's safe here. This is what I've been doing for years. I've been doing this for years. This is so comfortable over here. Yeah, I know, but do you want to sort of, you know, do you want to walk on water? or What do you want? I, I want to do both. I want to be blessed financially. Tithe. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that just helps somebody. I want to be completely blessed, God. You can trust me with fortunes. Great, just, just be generous. Give $5. I can't do that. I bet you want to give $5 million one day. No. I want to be a worldwide preacher. Talk to the girl just across the road from your cubicle. Well, can't do that. Yeah, come on. No, no. We're going to shout out and then we're going to step out. Yeah, amen. You're going to shout out, then you've got to step out. I want a brilliant marriage. Great, you can have it. You're going to forget all the things that have happened in the past, though. Oh, no, because, you know, I'll forgive. But I won't forget. Well, no miracle for you. Because sometimes you've got to let go of the boat to go and walk on that water and get your miracle. Give someone a big high five and tell them we're going to shout and then we're going to get out. Worship team, quickly, come and join me. From the front to the back, I hope this is instructional for you. Do you want more? Are you sick and tired of rowing against the wind? Do what everyone else in the Bible had to do. Cry out to God. Cry out to Him. Jarius' daughter was dying. Did he just sit there and pray about it? No, he went seeking Jesus and begged Him, please come and see my daughter. Please come, please come. Come on, some of you need to get out. Get aggressive. Get aggressive. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence ta- and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? It means get angry. Get angry that you're not fulfilling your dream and your destiny. Don't get angry at me. Don't get, at your, uh, get angry at your partner. Get angry that there is a wind coming against you. And don't settle. Oh, this is just my life. I'm going to keep rowing and I'm never going to get anywhere in life. That's not God's plan for you. Come on, at what point in time are we going to cry out and say, Savior, come and get into the boat with me? Come and help me. You know, the Bible says at the minute they cried out, the wind died down. The wind died down. And today the wind's gonna die down. In many of your life, it's, it's, it's gonna die down. But I'm gonna be honest with you, it's all dependent on your shout and whether you're willing to step out. Some of you don't have the opportunity to step out just yet, but God can see your heart. Are you gonna step out? Yeah, yeah, here it comes. It's so coming, I'll need you on your feet right across this place. This is not the place for timidity. That's the church down the road. This is not the place to be quiet. That's the church across town. This is the place where we shout out to our God and say, God, I am desperate. Because He's a way maker. Yeah, He's a miracle worker. And He is a promise keeper. And He's that light in the darkness. God, that's who you are. That's who He is. That's who He is. The question is, who are you? Oh, that's easy. I'm the shouter. I'm the crier-outer. I'm the person that steps out of the boat. That's who I am today. Who are you? He knows who he is and he knows what he can do. But who in this place is just saying, God, I'm not even going to wait. My hands are already up. I'm getting ready to shout. I'm getting ready to scream.
0: Hi, I'm Richard and pastor of House Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message. And I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.